Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers. And I'm Andrea Willits. Together, we're disrupting the trance of unworthiness and guiding women to reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Today's episode is on the topic of boundaries. We believe that boundaries have everything to do with loving yourself well. Stay tuned for more to be revealed. Well, hello. We are here, Monica and I again. Hey, Monica. Hey. Hey, everybody. It's great to be here again. We're actually going to riff a bit on a topic that we think is really kind of tricky for women. And that is the art of setting boundaries. Boundaries are really helpful. They're actually at the heart of self-love or loving yourself well. You know, when, when we talk about a woman loving herself, it's a woman who shows up and really, really loves herself well has really great boundaries. So like, how would you identify women who you know that they love themselves well? How do they show up for you? Well, they show up vulnerable, actually. So there's the paradox of, you know, the boundary and vulnerability. It's a woman that shows up saying, I'm feeling this. And what I need is this, right? Something that's taking care of her in it, in that request. There's the art of of setting boundaries. And it's not easy. It's really that courageous place, isn't it? Like, right? Feeling that something's not working for me or something's feeling uncomfortable or something, something is off. And so I'm needing to actually make a request out loud. So it goes into also, I don't get to just like, not talk about it or not show up or just remove myself or for me, I'll retreat. But that's not going to serve really the desired outcome that I want. And what is the desired outcome you want? The desired outcome would be something that's, you know, around connection and it's real and it's viable and it's communicated and it's based on trust of myself and giving an opportunity to give the relationship an opportunity to be based in reality, honesty, right? Because if I'm withholding and not saying how I'm really feeling, then I'm actually jeopardizing not just my own integrity, but the integrity of the relationship too, right? Yeah. So, so it's, it's interesting kind of how we started this discussion, because when I think about women who are loving themselves well, there's a way that they show up, right? And there's a vulnerability and a strength. And the strength is in their willingness to make requests and to also be willing to, yes, meet the other person with kindness and compassion and respect And she often has 
a real clear understanding of what she's willing to tolerate and what she's not willing to tolerate. Ooh, okay. So just stop there for a minute, okay? Because I, I love what you're saying. So what provokes me to go into boundary making is intolerance. Right. Right? So like, I hope you guys are really like bullet point that sucker, right? Intolerance. Because sometimes we live, you know, so much above the surface. We talk about that, right? Above the surface where we're shooting all over ourselves. We want society to, you know, society rather wants us to behave a certain way. You know, what's acceptable, and all of that, right? All the shooting. So it starts to become a little elusive. We numb up. Like, what are we feeling? So in order for boundary setting sometimes, it's like, here's like the key note of intolerance when something's getting intolerable. Of, hmm, this right, is that's a big clue. Is Big ass clue, right? Yeah, it's a big clue that they're, you know, well, so let's litmus test this out a little bit. So we've remarked in some of our previous podcasts that the training ground is a really kind of interesting place for women. It's where many of us learn to be people pleasers. And in learning to please people, what we actually step over is this piece about setting boundaries, um, how people are to engage with us, how people are to talk to us. Right. And so we often say that we train the world how to be in relationship with us. And it's interesting when we look at the training ground, right, of growing up female in American society and really in societies all over the world, what you see are similar themes where women kind of disconnect from their own voice they uh, have a really hard time using that voice. Gosh, when I even think of how many women out there have thyroid problems, right? It's like, no kidding. it's so connected. Yeah. So how, how often we lose our voice, don't have a practice in actually speaking our truth. Yeah. I mean, to bottom line it, like, I like to call it de-selfing. Mm-hmm. We're literally, literally just sloughing off parts of ourselves. Yeah, we're abandoning ourselves. We are. It's just right. We're just giving it away. We're just leaving it at the table, leaving it at the curbside, leaving it at the register, leaving it at the desk, leaving it in the kitchen, leaving it in the church, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. It's another big place women kind of are taught to submit right? Yeah. To relinquish, you know, it, it's fascinating when you look at all of the places that we are kind of taught to self-sacrifice. Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve our families. It doesn't serve our relationships because what's really going on under the surface is a tremendous amount of loneliness, disconnection, isolation. The cost is cost is monumental when you really start to break it down the way we are and look at it. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It, it just, is. It is mind boggling. It's heart boggling, right? Yeah. And I, I don't think I started to understand the true gift of boundary setting until I was in my 30s. Like that's how long it took. And even then it took a long time to actually not collapse setting a boundary with somehow making it mean that I was either unkind 
or uncompassionate. Yeah. It was almost like by setting a boundary, there was some false belief that that reflected on something poorly about me. Yeah, negative. Right, negative. Boundaries were collapsed with negativity. Versus something actually strong, positive, and worthy of celebrating, Mm. you know? You know, maybe maybe we could talk a little bit more in terms of like examples, right? Like what we see women struggle with in terms of boundaries a lot in in our work and talk about, you know, how to really start to assert yourself, speak your truth, work with boundaries, even if it's a little bit in the beginning, but to really kind of start to reveal here like what it looks like in your life when you don't have boundaries and what it would start to look like when you do. Does yeah. that sound like a, well, yeah. I mean, I think it's the, so go to when it, when we don't have boundaries, you know, it's getting back to, well, what are you pretending not to know? How is it working for you? You know, how uncomfortable are you? Right. And it gets down to what's intolerable. Mm-hmm. So it's noticing Right. What are you feeling in your body? Yeah. What are the thoughts you're having? Oh, and here's a really great indicator. How passive aggressive are you now in your (laughs) life? Right. Mother of God. Right. I mean, you know, I can feel that monster catching up with me. A lot of emotions that that women kind of like try to make pretty, but are rage, anger, right. You know, resentment. Yeah. I have a great example of this. So my sister told a story of like, she was asking my mom to borrow the car and mom, we have a name for mom. And by the way, today's my mom's birthday. Can I just say that? So I love that I'm telling a mom story and mom, I want you to know I'm saying it with all the love in the world. Right. And you're just a great teacher up there. So I know you don't mind. So my sister had asked to borrow the car and my mom said, Yes. And my sister was like, well, no, actually, mom, really, I I don't need the car, you know, and she was like, what? I told you you could use the car. And my sister's like, no, really, mom, it's okay. It's, you know, no, take the keys. Here are the car keys, really. And my sister was like, I was right damned if I do and damned if I don't like it's going to be a no win situation here. Yeah. Right. And so what I make up about that is that my mom was at a time and place in her day, in her life, something was intolerable and she didn't speak to the boundary. So everyone suffered terribly. Yeah. Right. Like my sister took the keys and ran out the door like, oh, I'm going to be paying for this one for a long time. Yeah. You know, so right. There's an example of, you know, the not speaking to. So what do you what do you think if your mom could have revealed what the intolerance was? What like I know you'd be guessing at this point. But what was it you think that was like kind of the undelivered communication? You know, it's true. There is no way I honestly I can make up except that I'm in total overwhelm right now. And there's something that's really hard for me to just say yes and give you the car, even though I don't need it. But there's something like I have no control in my life right now. I got it. Yeah. 
So it might not have been about the car at all. It was about other things that she hadn't had put boundaries around that actually Exa- gave that's her it. the ability to feel free in because certain areas. There's the intolerance. It yeah. starts to bleed. Passive aggressiveness is uh, it's like a bleeding out. Mm-hmm. is the way I, I phrase it because so great it is a bleeding out right because what's happening is if it were just that about the car yeah I don't that believe it would have been passive aggressive yeah passive aggressiveness is built from a built up resentment another resentment another re- right it snowballs and so you're just you're just bitchy and pissed off. Yeah, yeah. And we tend to be bitchiest like that with the people who are closest to us. Oh, hell. <laughs> right? Like we make it all pretty and nice on the outside and then we go home and unleash the crack. Man, I mean, it's so true. And I'm bringing up my family a lot, which is funny. But, you know, mom, oh, she was just so like seriously tolerant and sweet with the boys. But we always felt the sisters would talk about like, you know, where's the love over here? Because she would just turn that nitsy nancy passive aggressive personality at the girls all day long. But the boys could do no wrong. Yeah. Interesting, huh? Fascinating. Fascinating. And we'd be looking at each other like we're the ones that like do everything for mom. Yeah. (laughs) Like, where's the love? You know, it was really, really interesting. Well, you know, it really, it's interesting because what I'm reflecting on right now is how I parent my children, you know, is so different from how my parents parented me. And you know, part of how I parent was informed by actually the lack of boundaries growing up. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I could recognize. I think it's pretty common for us as women to start to almost have this holographic um, experience when we're parenting our children, especially if we have a child that looks like us. You know, it's like, it's almost like I was parenting myself in some strange yeah. way or starting to recognize like, wow, as my daughter turned to this age, here's what was happening at this point in my life. And it's called transference. Transference. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that's very healthy, but no, the, but the, it's what we do as humans. Well, right. But I think, too, depending on the types of childhoods we had, what was fascinating to me is that my mom, my mom really did and does still believe that when you love somebody, you you lay down your life for them. Like yeah. she literally uses those words. There's the victim, right? Well, but it's or the martyr. It's something that the the church actually many churches kind of teach about. You know what love is. <laughs> you know about kind of this. There's this self sacrifice that I find really interesting because at no point. Did Jesus not have boundaries? In fact, he really he had very strong boundaries. Mm. You know, it's it's interesting when you think about. I know that Rob Bell, who's somebody we love, love to listen to, love, 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 love Rob Bell. <laughs> and someday we are going to have a podcast with Rob Bell. So, but Rob, I loved one. There was a actually, I think it was a similar topic for Rob Bell, and he was talking about. If all of us are kind of this bright light, you know, like this burning bright flame that 
a boundary, it's almost like when you're carrying a birthday cake out while you're singing and the wind, you know, or the, the air, you're trying to protect the light from going out. Yeah. That's what a boundary is there to do. It's actually to protect the light. Oh, I love that image. Right? Yeah. And it really is about knowing that when we are willing to put boundaries in place, what we're doing is we're saying, I am willing to burn my brightest for myself and for others. And that by that by setting this boundary, that's what makes this possible. And so it really is important for us to recognize that boundaries are positive, they're healthy, and they're required in order to have intimate relationships. That's so true. Because they're honest, you see. Boundaries are honest. There are willingness to say, and so what might one look like? Well, I often use the example of my daughter. You know, she's like this force in the world, right? She's got so much energy and creativity and passion. And there are times when if she's feeling, you know, a certain amount of pressure or something else is bothering her, she will lash out to the one she feels closest to. And so that would be me. Mm-hmm. And really recognizing from the time that she was, you know, just getting into her teens, that she was kind of demonstrating a tone with me that I was not willing to tolerate. It was it was recognizing right away, even if I didn't have yet the understanding of what I did want to put in place as a parent, all I needed to recognize is no, not that. Yeah. Right. And then getting to the place where I was actually able to say to her, I want you to reserve that tone for the disenfranchised. I want you to reserve that tone for when you see somebody getting bullied. I want you to reserve that tone for, you know, when you are at a protest right? Unwilling to... In your outrage. Yeah, in your outrage, like using your outrage. And it is not to be directed at me. Yeah, I'm not your punching bag. I'm not your punching bag. I'm actually one of your greatest allies. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the punishing because we as humans can really get sucked into that. And hopefully with maturity, we grow out of that with the guidance of our parents, like you with your daughter, right? Like- right. And the and the difference to that, or the kind of, if I were to kind of look at, again, how my, my own upbringing went, was my mom actually didn't have a no, like a, a real firm no, especially around how I spoke to her. And to this day, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely forgiven myself, but I had to go through a tremendous amount of regret before I got to the forgiveness piece because self-forgiveness. Yes. Self-forgiveness, really self-forgiveness. And, you know, actually returning to my mother and saying like, oh, I am so sorry for the way I used to speak to you. It was so not okay. And it's really interesting because she never... It has an unintended impact when you don't set a boundary with somebody because you see, I had to learn the hard way. You can't speak to people like that, that it's not okay to treat people as your punching bag, right? So there were other examples in my life 
And still to this day where I can, if I'm not really noticing or paying attention, and if that person doesn't put that boundary in place, that can be a, a tendency because it's an old habit. Yeah. Right. So yeah. boundaries are also wonderful because they let people know yeah. where the line is. Yeah. So I want to, this, this is great because I want to talk about what I was like as a child, which was completely the opposite of what you were like. Mm -hmm. And it's great because we can shine a light on how learning about boundaries from these different experiences, our different training, the end result is the same to return to how to put a boundary in place. So I was taught you children are to be seen, not heard. You do not speak out of turn ever. You basically speak with almost asking permission to be heard. And you never, ever talk back ever. Because if you did, you were rude. You were unaware. You were uneducated. Like, wow, it was intense. So for me, I never spoke up for myself. Fascinating. I learned to blend in and to be the you know, you're, you're hearing that term more and more like the, the chameleon, right? I was also an emotional contortionist, man, like how I could show up and make sure I was showing up in the right way. So never a boundary. Yeah. So we both, right? Isn't it interesting though? Yeah. Like what was modeled for us from our parents, like, oh my gosh, you could look at it from so many different lenses and nowhere in either of our stories, and you know, there are so many more, where is it ever modeled? Yeah, it's... To have healthy boundaries. Right. Well, I know for myself as a woman, I don't see it modeled often because there's so many women who still struggle with using their voice. You know, it's like we say in our home all the time, like, use your words, right? And we say it to be funny, but we also mean it. It's also interesting what you're pointing to, because similarly, right, if it was my father speaking, I knew that like, I was not to speak back ever, yep. right? So we do have different training from different parents, and we figure out which one to work, you yeah. know, <laughs> to get our needs met. It's interesting, because again, like in my family, what I've really wanted to foster in my home is for my children to be able to say, Hey mom, I, I don't think that's right. And here's why, or, you know, to be able to actually have a say in what's going on or to push back on me and know that like, based on what they contribute to the conversation that I can then actually think about it and perhaps not change my mind, but perhaps actually take into consideration what they're saying. And I can yeah. give you an example of that. We had a hard and fast rule for my daughter about giving her an iPhone 
And we did not give her an iPhone until she graduated from the eighth grade, which I feel like is a bit of a feat in this in today's world. Yeah. But then again, she she went to a Waldorf school and it was something that we really wanted to honor the the no media. And yet I also didn't want her to be in an environment or a situation where she didn't know how to use technology entering into high school in that regard. And then there was my son, who's three years younger. And really that rule, you know, that I had put in place about not giving an iPhone until eighth grade graduation didn't apply to him in the same way. Because what I started realizing is that as the younger child, it started to isolate him from being able to communicate either with his sister now, who was like three years older now, off and running. She'll be a junior in high school next year. And I realized like, you know, this kid has different needs based on when he was born, based on who he is, right? It just, it was a different set of circumstances. And I remember him coming to me one night and kind of making the request. And I said, no. And he started to really share a little bit more about like, why? And, you know, honestly, it was illuminating for Mm. me. And that, so again, like we set up rules and boundaries and, you know, we can also mold them, shift them, change our change minds, them, change our minds. But it's great to have a set of parameters always with every relationship. But here's the key is understanding first how you want the world to relate to you. And so it's interesting because for the listeners that we have out there today, that becomes kind of this inquiry. Like, how do you want the world to be in relationship with you? And how do you want to show up in the world, right? How do you want to be seen? I am the first example of how the world is to treat me. Yeah. I am literally the first example of how the world is to treat me. Yeah. Right? Think about that. It's like, whoa, suddenly, oh, I'm responsible. Where does that come from? That quote? Me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's like it really hit me one day. It was like responsibility. I am the face of that. I I had been in an abusive relationship with a man. Mm. And and what, you know, I was getting to in my own work with it, by the way, no freaking boundaries from me. Mm -hmm. And in that, what it taught me was I gave way repeatedly to the abuse versus where was my voice? Yeah, I was giving him right now, then you see if someone can actually respect the boundary. And then if they can't, you decide, I'm going to (laughs) stay, right and be walked all over. Or I'm going to walk away because my boundary is not being respected. It gets really clear. Well, what you're revealing right now, I think, is so at the heart of why so many women end up in relationships that are so unsatisfying and unfulfilling for them. And it's because of this whole boundary thing, because there's so many things that get stepped over in our need for validation and our need to feel loved and our need to feel like we matter. A belong, not be lonely, not be isolated, not be ostracized. Right. And so what we do is we negotiate. We don't realize that we're doing it, but we negotiate our self-worth in exchange for what we think they're going to give us, which is never actually the thing that they give us. Meaning 
when we, we are not aligned with our truth, meaning we're not speaking our truth into the world and being honest about how we're showing up. I mean, really honest. I can't tell you how many women that I've coached that are like, if I showed him the real me, he would run. And I'm like, then let him run. Yeah, exactly. Because, because the, the more you get, the more that you show up and you are fully self-expressed, all that you are right? The more you're going to actually be a vibrational match for the person who is meant to love you as you are, as you are. Yeah. And so many women are petrified of that kind of like being alone. And it's like, you can't even imagine how lonely you would actually oh my feel gosh. in a relationship with someone who can't see you and never will. The loneliest, the loneliest, loneliest, loneliest place of all. And then there's, there's really very slim chance of that relationship surviving if what you've really been doing is hiding your true self the whole time. Well, you won't survive. No, one of, right? <laughs> absolutely. You won't survive. You'll slowly die. You will. I honestly believe that. I do too. I really do. It, and I mean, it, we it's know a slow death. It happened. It happened. Yeah. And we're here to tell the tale. We're here to tell the tale, sisters and brothers, right? It's like honor your truth. And it's and the other thing I want to loop back to your daughter. And also what I'm hearing, I think this is very important. When we set boundaries, what I'm hearing is that you're also teaching your daughter when she delivers a feeling or a thought or a request. And it's from a disrespectful tone or bark or bite, you're saying no to that. And yet try it again. Yes. Because it's not about silencing yourself. It's about how I deliver the boundary. How do I make that request? Yeah. Right? Well, it's a couple things. It's also modeling to her. Because what I want her to do is be able to turn around to somebody who's speaking to her that way. And now she has an example of what it looks like to say that I will not be treated like that. You know, like that's not okay. Try it again. Exactly. Right. So, you know, to be able to, as a woman, as a young girl say to, you know, a boyfriend, right. Especially in our experimental years and to your brother for that matter, right? Like she's got a brother, she's got a stepdad, she's got a dad to know where she stands, to know that even as a child, she has rights. And the first right is she has the right to use her voice. She has the right to declare when she is uncomfortable. She has the right to be able to sound the alarm if she thinks that something is off. And all she needs in order to tell me that something is off is her instinct. And here's the other cool thing that's coming up for me as I'm talking about this. This goes back to kind of when we're kids. When we have been taught to disconnect from our voice, our truth, what ends up happening is that we stop knowing how we feel, except when that feeling is super amplified. And so yes, intolerance is actually an amplified feeling. Sometimes we have to get to the intolerance to recognize, Yeah, right? Because it's almost like I think of like a, a dog scratching at the 
back door, the screen at the back door, right? And it gets louder and louder and louder until like you can't ignore that, you know, something is wanting to be seen. Yeah. So I'm realizing that there's also kind of this big part about, you know, really like in order to identify where our boundaries are, we ha- we have to also like start to notice all of the places that we're not experiencing a sense of fulfillment, joy, connection, and realize that those are actually indicators. Yeah. Any right? that any of that disconnect really and it's we you know it's when we talk about body mind spirit as the compass right when we talk about spirit you know how do I know when I'm not in spirit with myself the way that I identified is oh I'm literally separating from my truth I'm separating from myself Mm -hmm. my deep like divine self, mm-hmm. right? And that's where it starts feeling out of balance, out of whack, confusion, anxiety, right? Dis-ease. Yeah. All those indicators, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. So that's interesting, right? Is to look for the clues, right? A lot of anxiety, a lot of tension, a lot of I don't know. I don't know. Oh God. I don't know. I don't know is a huge one. Yeah. Um, when, when Andrea and I talk about, I don't know, I mean, I'm I'm making this up, but we're talking about clients that don't know, right? We ask them a question and they're like, I don't know. It's almost like a deer in the headlights, right? Yeah, absolutely. That that to me is, is a huge indicator that there's been a lot of de-selfing, you know, that the human, the woman that we're really in relationship with that at that point, literally does not even trust, you know, that she knows her own answers. Yeah. And and, yeah. yeah. And I want to clarify here. So I don't know, can be a really powerful place, right? Mm -hmm. And I encourage people to sit in I don't know, I, I do. We can be in the I don't know, where I'm so disconnected from myself, like what you're talking about, right? That I'm so numbed out that I don't know. Yes. And I just want to, I want to clarify here because there's also the, I don't know if I am very clear that what I do know (laughs) is that I don't know. Right. And I'm welcoming this time to sit in the fire with it as I'm feeling my feelings, but I'm still not knowing what I want, where I want to go. It's almost like what I hear you saying is like, I know that I'm intolerant, but what I don't know yet is what the boundary is. Yeah. Right. So, but, but yeah, I'm referring to the other, I don't know where there's so much disconnect from, from the self that there's, you're numbed up. You're, you're, you're checked out. Right. And you keep kind of seeking answers outside of yourself. You're living above the surface. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. There's no soul diving. Right. Right. So yeah, cause that's really what the revelation project is all about is really helping women to soul dive and reveal the truth of who they are. And that is not happening on the surface of life. You know, we're not going to get answers and insight, 
right? We'll get outside. <laughs> you know, yeah. we'll 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 be able to see, you know, by our observations how other people are living their lives, but actually what we are seeking is our own answers. What we're seeking is our own unique brilliance, our own unique truth. Yeah. Recovery um, to self. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then living life from that. I mean, there's the, oh, there I am. Oh, so what I do know is this is where I'm going to go, or this is how far I'm ready to go today. Or in this relationship, I'll meet you here. But I'm actually not going beyond that. You know, I, I had a dear friend years ago, and we were tight. We spent a lot of time together. And I just adore her, love her so much. And I was starting to get very tired. And there was a codependent element in it as well, where it was starting to cost me my own personal energy by spending so much time with her right? Notice the language around codependence. It was costing me, right? My wellness, right? Like, and so I, I took a really big, big sword in the sand (laughs) and I created that boundary. And I said, I actually cannot move forward with this relationship, this friendship in its design, that we've agreed upon. It's not working for me anymore. Yeah, but I'm sure it wasn't a verbal agreement. I'm sure it was almost like a hidden agreement. Well, you mean the way it had been operating? Yeah. Absolutely, right? Right. So now I'm giving voice to it's not working for me anymore. Yes. I'd actually tried a few times before this big kahuna in the sand. But I said, I'm going, I'm choosing to love you from afar because I loved her, but I just couldn't be with her. Yeah. You know, and that was really big. Yeah. That was a really like, wow, did I get intentional about that boundary? And I did it with love. It doesn't mean that there wasn't pain on both sides, but it was so truthful and honest and with integrity to myself. Well, and what you're pointing to is another really important distinction, which is, you know, When we set boundaries, what we're really saying to people is, I need to choose me first in order to continue to burn that bright light, right? It's not selfish, actually. Yeah. It's about restoring the integrity that's meant to be there in order for us to serve ourselves so that we can serve others. Yeah. And serve all of the things that we're meant to do in the world. So again, by creating boundaries, you know, in terms of for our own lives, you know, and and how we want to live in our homes, how we want to live in our, you know, intimate relationships, how we want to live, you know, at work, how we want to be in relationship with people at work. You know, a lot of people don't have boundaries around how much time they put into work. That's a hard one for me. Right. It's like when to say, you know, this is no longer serving me. Yeah. No more. Yeah. And and it's and it's there's kind of a cost. There's something that it's it's costing me. Right. And usually it has an impact as well on those around me, you know, because of. Well, if mama's not happy, 
you know, I'm speaking from, right, the, that woman place, you know, no one's happy. It really is true. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll just share with you another little gift that my mom gave me. And I never got it really until my 30s when I had kids. And she used to say, uh-huh, you first after me. Mm, I love that. Don't you love that? Yeah. Well, it's brilliant, right? <laughs> you first after me. She raised nine kids, by the way, right? But it's like, wow. And, you know, she did a really good job with that. Yeah. She did. Because she loved you guys so much. So it's not that you didn't feel loved no. by any stretch. But what you saw her model was self-love. Yeah. And yeah. then in doing that, she got, she was able to then show up for you guys yeah, because she would put herself first. And let's face it, we could stand to exercise that muscle. Yeah. Big time. Right. Yeah. Truly. So a lot of women actually get boundaries confused with not being kind. Yeah. Right. It's selfish. Yeah. So what do you have to say about that? So selfish, you know, so self-serving. Well, what I say is, oh yeah, all day long. Yeah. Like serve yourself. Literally again, I'm the first example of how the world is to love me. So if I keep showing up really thirsty and really tired and really hungry, right. And no one has time for me because I'm not modeling, giving myself time. Who the hell is going to give me the time? Who's going to offer me that drink? Who's going to cook me a meal? Right? And I literally, I mean, I am a really self-sufficient, fiercely independent, got it all handled kind of gal. And it has screwed me. (laughs) Yeah, tell me more. Right? So because like I had bought into the myth, the belief that the more capable the more accomplished, the more independent I could be. And I started this at a very young age, right? Then it was going to make me more likable. Ah, right. The less needy you could show up. Oh, all day long. Which is, it's such a myth. It's such a myth. And women are so afraid to need because it's linked to that emotional kind of needy, negative. But here's the thing. We love to be needed. And we love it when, I mean, I always say people love to be needed. They love to be seen and acknowledged. But you know, it's interesting, like, if I don't feel like somebody needs me, why bother? Right? It's there's such a there's such a gift of receiving and giving in it that takes place that's almost necessary. But you just nailed it. Giving and receiving. Hello, people. We've just landed in the realm of relationship. <laughs> well, so yeah. honestly, so if I don't make room. So how are boundaries related to that? Well, exactly. So if I don't make room with speaking to like, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I'm inviting right? I mean, there's the flip side of boundaries. Think about it. Because for me to show up having it all handled and needing to be everything for everyone, where's the boundary for myself? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stop. Stop going out there beyond the boundary of really what 
self-care and well-being is? And where do you start creating the flow to come back in? It's exhausting. So having no boundary, even with myself, like today, I'm not going to call those three people or text or email those two clients. Like, stop. They'll be there tomorrow. Where's the boundary for myself in caring for myself? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And being the example of how the world is to love me so that something comes in versus always going out. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Like, there's the underbelly of boundary, too. I mean, this is a big topic, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's huge. And I know that there's so many more discussions. So many more. Right. Because it can show up in so many places, like where they're needed, you know, where they are just... Yeah, a boundary actually could also be in defense where it doesn't serve you. Notice a wall of a boundary, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's less healthy. It's like having someone tell you, gosh, you're great as a one woman show. I'm actually, someone said this to me, right? My dear friend, you're great as a one woman show, but what would it be like for you to make room for someone else to be up in there in that show with you? And it gutted me. Yeah. I had such a fortress around me, such a boundary of, Wow. Uh Uh-huh. How's the isolation working for you, Andrea? Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Right. Like, there are many facets to this. Yeah, it's it's so, so true. I also think about boundaries as they relate to where, as women, we are often kind of self-sabotaging, right? And, And how we do it with our bodies, how we do it with you know, our relationships, how we do it with our, oh God, everything, right? Like the, the self-sabotaging that goes on and especially for women, how to start recognizing, like, just like you said, like, how's that working for you? Right? Like putting a boundary in place around how much media we watch. Exactly. Right. Or how much, how much food you eat food we eat like no kidding consumption consumption right right right. and and this isn't too but it's it's the type of eating that's really there to numb the feelings right right no shame here yeah you you guys want to eat a chocolate cake have at it I'll eat it with you I'm a foodie (laughs) (laughs) right it's about looking at where a well-placed boundary would actually be so much more helpful And understanding that by putting a boundary in place around certain things, what we're actually doing is setting ourselves up to look or to relate to things that we do need to pay attention to. Yeah, exactly. So this is how complex and how expansive the world of boundaries, right, really is like what it what it entails and how well we can serve ourselves and our relationships with those boundaries, you know? So it's like this conversation today, I think is so great. And, you know, to all of our listeners, I really hope that we've planted this seed of considering this 
Do you practice boundaries? Where in your life do you not practice boundaries? Where do you find it hard to give voice to a boundary? Right? And just start to notice how that literally translates in yourself being the first example of how the world is to be in relationship with you. Just think about that. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, again, it's like opening Pandora's box in terms of the realm of boundaries. But it's, it's great. I think today just kind of revealing just the tip of the iceberg, you know, and all of the ways boundaries can show up and how to really look at them as healthy, positive, life-giving. Yeah. Yeah. Life-giving. Giving to yourself actually means giving to others too. There's that. It's not selfish. It is self-serving. And the beautiful poetry of that self-serving is that it then does serve your relationships. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yes, it is inevitable. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So more to be revealed. More to be revealed. In celebration of our podcast launch, Andrea and I would like to extend a special offer for $100 off our Loving Yourself Well e-course. Please go to jointherevelation.com and enter podcast 100 at the checkout. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.